Welcome back to Fairway Conversations, the podcast where we dive into the world of golf, exploring the stories and strategies and experiences that make this sport truly remarkable. Again, I'm your host, Gabe DeKelly Lobo, a passionate golfer and enthusiast. With each episode, we'll feature a guest from the golfing community, and through interviews, we'll uncover the secrets behind each golfer's success, explore the challenges that they've faced, and gain valuable insights into the game we all love. Before we get going today, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at Soda Jerk Shot. Soda Jerk Shot is an award-winning liqueur that comes in two fantastic flavors, orange cream and root beer. Visit sodajerk.com to find out where you can get a bottle. Soda Jerk reminds you to be a jerk responsibly because Soda Jerk Shot is 70 proof. Pour, shoot, repeat. On today's episode, I have the privilege of sitting down with my buddy and really good friend, one of my best friends, um, Matty Vasquez. Matt, how's it going today? Very good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. You're uh, guest number two today. So uh, on this this new podcast, you know, we've talked about it so many times, uh, me doing this podcast, and it's really a lot of it is you're the inspiration behind this podcast. It's my morning commute conversations that we have at about 630 to seven o'clock in the morning where we talk, you know, for about 20 minutes to a half hour. And we talk from everything from like what's going on with life to what's happening with golf and are we playing and when we're trying to get together. And so I really wanted to turn like those types of conversations into this podcast. So I'm glad to have you on today. I mean, our conversations are always a, a good time on the way to work and back, you know? Yeah, we always get to laugh and, you know, it makes it, it makes it easy because I know you're you're commuting a little bit yourself. Uh, it's nice just to kind of cut that morning up just a little bit. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, well, let's get started on this thing. Um, why don't you share a little bit with uh, with myself and the, the audience uh, about your journey into golf? Like, how did you get started playing? Um, so the way I started playing golf was um, probably in my backyard. Um, my dad had a box of balls just given to him. They were all junkers, you know. Yeah. rock flights or whatnot and i had an old baseball bat that i didn't give two craps about okay so i would i would take a handful of bats uh, uh balls out grab my bat and i'd hit it into the mountain with my bat yeah so that that was like the beginning of me hitting a golf ball was with a baseball bat sure, sure and then uh and then i just um started playing with some friends that i grew up with in azusa mm-hmm and we started out going to like Glen Oaks and Glendora, a little nine hole. And I remember uh, back in that day, I was not good at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And I was taking the whole bag with me. And nowadays, I'm like, maybe I break out my eight iron, maybe. Sure, sure. You know, so the the journey has been long. It's been, you know. Uh, difficult at times, frustrating, but also rewarding and fun. I think that's what this podcast is really, really about is I want to talk about those frustrating parts a little bit. And I want to talk about how, you know, golf really is a journey and, you know, we live it every single day, you know, whatever journey that is, it could be, you know, trying to break 100 or, you know, trying to beat your friends, you know, it's whatever your journey it is that that you're taking. And and I think that's what is relatable for, uh, you know, the everyday golfer. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I remember playing the for my first tournament mm-hmm. and it was at uh, Azusa Greens. I think I was like 19, 20 years old. First tournament. And I remember my golf stance and the way I addressed the ball. It was with a closed face, you know, and I kind of swung at it, at it like it was a fastball coming in at me. Yeah. Yeah, and I just swing out of my ass, and the ball would go far. It wouldn't go straight. It would go everywhere, but it would. I hit the crap out of it. Sure. 
And then from there, you know, just never taking any lessons, but just along the way, you can start golfing with certain people. They start giving you pointers and tips. You start going to the range and then the swing changes and my swings change like 10 times, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's a constant, you know, trying to figure some things out. You're always working on it. I mean, everybody is, right? I, you know, that's this so funny because you'll you'll hit some pure shots, and when you hit that shot, you knock the crap out of it, and then all of a sudden you'll pull out this. Uh, if you can, anybody can imagine a King Griffey Junior swing out of a right-handed hitter. That's Maddie when he really <laughs> misses it and he pulls it. Still goes a ton, but it's way off the course. But I mean, it's like a beautiful King Griffey Junior type of swing. But when you make contact, man, and you hit that right golf shot swing man you can knock the you can knock the crap out of it yeah a lot of times that ken griffey jr swing comes out when my uh my right hand slips off the club and it's just (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's funny too because like you know i never expect it to happen nor do i want it to happen it Mm -hmm. just happens my my hand slips off the club i i go griffey on it and yeah. you know that's probably like my best hit of the day, but it's way left. You know, <laughs> yeah, you pulled the crap out of it. Yep. <laughs> so, talk talk to me a little bit about uh, some of your best golf moments. Like, um, I mean, you've been playing for a, a long while now. What um, what's yeah. kind of like the most memorable moment? What's your favorite part? I mean, I've had a I've had a few like good shots. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was uh, I was new. We went to the Wardy Nine Hole. Yeah. Hole eight, I believe. It's along the fence line. The street is on the left. We uh, we used to break out our driver there. Okay. And I was, I was still new, you know, but I hit the ball. I hit it straight. I hit it far. I didn't know where my ball went. I rolled up to the green, and I was about 12 inches from the cup. Nice. Yeah, and I tapped in for, I think it was an eagle, actually. Nice. So that, that was one. Um the other one was uh, playing with my friend Gerald. Sure. And that guy's good. You know he's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good um, player. Played Ramsdale. Okay. And I was having an okay day. You know, he's kicking my ass. But one of the holes, it's downhill, wind at our back. And I just put a good swing on one. Yeah. And I launched my driver down the middle. Got a big hop. Got a big roll. And I was about 120, 125 out. Yeah. Took out my pitching wedge, hit my wedge, hit the back of the green, got some spin back. Now I'm putting downhill about, I don't know, six feet, yeah. you know, for Eagle. Yeah. You know, he's talking crap, trying to get in my dome. <laughs> I put, I put, it's a true putt and it goes in. I get my Eagle. I'm stoked. I'm talking shit to him. And, you know, that just made my day. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so the other things, uh, you know, that I take away from this thing is like I get to play golf once a year with my dad. Sure. You know, and my dad's my dad's turning 70. So it's something like I enjoy doing. We go out, I play some oldies. You know, my dad's in the cart with me. We're having a good time. And then the other thing is like I get to play with my dudes. Yeah. You know, and I, I got I got dudes everywhere. But, you know, there's a there's a really close knit group of dudes I hang out from school. Yeah. And that that includes you and, you know, Ernesto and, and Chris, Psycho, Cadena. Yeah, man. You yeah. know, the, I always enjoy, you know, hanging out. And as well, as long as Ernesto don't win, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I know we talked about it. <laughs> Gabriel, Gabriel David and I talked about it in the last podcast. 
And we actually touched on a couple of those points that you were talking about. Um, you know, I, you know, us playing golf, you know, him playing golf. Now my dad, my brother, my brother-in-law, it's that camaraderie that we get to play. We also talked about us, the foursome that we get to go out there and we try to, you know, plan some nicer courses and we get together every couple of months and, you know, throw a little bit of money down and how much fun that is. And, you know, and mentioning, you know, that we don't want, uh, Ernesto to win. <laughs> I just, it, it's not that I'm wanting, necessarily wanting to take his money. I just love the look on his face, like how upset he starts getting and getting so pissed off. So it cracks me the thing up. Is that we're, the thing is we're all so competitive. Dude. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Those competitive juices, they, they just don't leave. You no, know? they don't. <laughs> I mean, like I tell you on the way home, dude, when, when I'm coaching my kids 14 new travel team and they're getting their ass kicked. I'm frustrated. Like I'm yeah. pissed off. Like I don't lose. Yeah. And for, for them to be like, Oh, we lost again. Oh, well, like, yeah. it fries me, dude. It's so crazy how, how the parents hold on to it much longer than the kids do. It's a different time, a different era. And yeah. like back then, it, like losing wasn't a, an option for us. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I, know. Now, I know. Nowadays it's like, you know, I get to go home, play in my bed and play on my phone and talk to my friends. Yeah golf wise what, what are you hitting i know we were talking about some clubs and i'll be honest man those uh new 790s came out and i was at the barber shop and i was kind of looking at them i did not pull the trigger but <laughs> but i was looking at them to see what it was going to cost me if i could you know to customize them to the specs that i've got on my sticks right now but ooh, it's a it's a pretty penny but uh what, what what are you hitting right now well i mean you know what i'm hitting and i'm not a tailor-made homer like some of my friends are <laughs> yeah. i'm that guy that goes against the grain and i do my own thing and you know i went out and did some research during covid yeah and uh i found me some mizuno hot metals yeah and uh you know sometimes they might not be as long as your tailor-mades <laughs> but uh you know if i hit them right it's and you've said it before, dude. It just feels like butter. Yeah. You know, ni mm -hmm. nice, soft, plush. The sound is true. It's yeah. it's beautiful when you when you hit it right. And then uh, they just they just fly nice, man. Sure, sure. Um, but then when I tow it or hosel it, I suck. <laughs> but you can do that with any club. You it, know? It, it happens with so, any club. Yeah. Yeah. So I have those on my. I have those from like five, four to four to pitch. Mm-hmm. Then I got a I got a Jaws, a wedge. Yeah. And then I've got a Mac Daddy Sand, which is a fifty six. Yeah. And then I uh, got an Odyssey putter. It's a mallet. Mm -hmm. So how's that thing rolling went the for you? The mallet way. Yeah, I like I the, went mallet. the mallet because mm -hmm. it's just it just when you pull back it doesn't wiggle on you. Yeah. You know it's kind of more of a true pull back and come through. Uh, the thing I had to do with that is adjust, adjust with how much power I had to give okay. the putt. Mm -hmm. And it took some time because the mallet's heavier, so, like, I don't really have to hit it as hard for it to go. Sure. So that was a, that was an adjustment from the blade I was using with the soft insert. So that, that's been challenging. And putting has been getting a little bit better, but, you know, I still I can't putt. What about the I'm driver? still a 2-3 putt guy. Yeah. Uh, driver, driver. I uh, I was a Callaway guy for a while. Okay. A long while. Mm -hmm. So I went from, I went using the Rogue Sub Zero, mm -hmm. 
And that was like, whoo, maybe 10 years ago now. So I started using that and I hit that very, very well. Yeah. And I even dropped the degree down to eight degrees and the loft, I dropped that. and I put it at the hardest setting and yeah. I was able to hit it. I would smoke balls. And then all of a sudden I got the yips. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and during COVID, I bought a uh, Callaway Epic LS Max, okay. mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I just could not hit that thing. Yeah. So then I went back to my Rogue, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And then uh, you and I go to Dick's, and you're looking for drivers. <laughs> well, I went in there getting the stealth. Out, yeah, I was going to get the stealth. Yeah. Yeah, you're pulling mm-hmm. out all this boot. I'm like, yeah. nah, dude, you don't want that. You want this one, bro. And I break out the Ping G430. Yeah. Or 425, right? There's a 425, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, I break the out low, the 425. Low, I go, low spin, yeah. I'm like, hey, dude, you might want to try this one, dude. I hear a lot of good things. And then, sure enough, you hit it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this one, this is the one I'm buying. I, as soon as I hit it, like, I was like, <laughs> oh. It was like, man, I, I, it just felt different the way it popped off the off the face yeah. i mean i just got so excited i hit like three in a row that just were like kind of crushed and it just felt so easy and i don't know man yeah. I, it's going to be hard to go away from that thing in the future even if i upgrade it's just because you know ping stays pretty consistent with the type of club that they're building um yeah. you know even if i go to a newer model i think it's going to be tough to go away from that ping i like that feeling right so what i ended up doing was getting a hookup at a certain shop Sure. And I ended up buying my own brand new G four two five with the white Audela shaft. Yeah. Which fits my fits my swing, you know, and I don't even have to swing it hard and it goes and yeah. I'm in a lot of fairways now. Yeah. You know, if I I just have to make sure like I don't rush, I don't you know, I don't overswing and as long as I do that I'm I'm typically in the fairway now. And then okay. I got the fairway woods, which are the Callaway the the sub zero rope, okay. sub zero Callaway woods. So, so talking about you, you, you know, you and I've been discussing like swing tempo and things like that on the phone and, but, uh, what, what are some of the common mistakes that you make that you're trying to avoid right now? Well, a lot of it has to do with baseball, coaching baseball. Yeah. You know, I, I'm still, I'm still coaching my kid's baseball team and I'm hitting a fungo. Yeah. And when I hit a fungo, you know, it's, it's. You know, the swing from a baseball, yeah, it's a little similar, but it's different. Sure. You know, so when I come back and I play golf, you know, I can totally tell, like, I'm in fungo mode. I have that inside-out swing, you know? Yeah, yeah, we, we see it pop out every once in a while when we go to play golf, and I'm like, oop, there's the baseball swing. Yep, it, Yeah. and it's just a hard habit to break, dude, you know? Yeah. But once once I start getting into golf mode, then, you know, I'm, my swing is a little different, and it feels right. Sure. You know, but sure. at, at times, like, I could just feel myself, like, come through the ball, and I feel the head of the club, like, tweak, mm-hmm. open, mm-hmm. and then and then I'll come through, and it'll go, like, an inside-out motion, and yeah. I'll either tow it or hosel it, and that's like a, it's like a hard right turn, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's when I know I'm playing crappy. Yeah, you got that slice that just pops out, and it's it's not a fade; it's a it's a slice, and that's that's when you yeah. know, ooh, I got to slow down and figure something out here. A lot of times, you know, you and I we we ride in the cart together and everything else, but um, um, when you're out there playing, I, I know I've got the Garmin watch. You know, I, I use multiple things, so 
I'm, I've got, yeah. you know, some sort of app going, I've got the Garmin watch going, I might be looking at the cart, I'm looking at my card. I mean, you know, what, what about you? What, how's technology either helping or hurting well, you? For a long time, I was just using my phone and using mm-hmm. the, uh, the golf now app and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as well as I do, I was using that for a long time. Yeah. And then we ended up playing somewhere, you, myself, Ernesto and Chris, and I can't remember where we were at, but they were like, Hey, how far do you got from here? And I spit out the yardage. Yeah. And I think it was Ernesto. He's like, yeah, dude, you're crazy, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, it's telling me like 160 out. Mm -hmm. So I take out my 160 club and I just launched it. Yeah. Way past the green. Yeah. And, and he, he was like, after I hit, he was like, dude, it says like 90. <laughs> <laughs> so from that day on, I was like, you know, screw this, dude. I'm not using this as my yardage thing. It's just so off. And then yeah. I went out and br- bought a uh, Blue Tees rangefinder. Sure. So I use it. And then I ended up buying a uh, a wingman okay. from uh, Bushnell, the okay. speaker with mm-hmm. the, you click it and it, sh- it tells you your yardage. Yeah. I've been using that for the past like three, four rounds, like religiously. Okay. Like I put, I put my, uh, I put my rangefinder away, and I just been rocking the speaker. Okay. So, I, I do like the speaker, but oh man, my friend Gerald just, uh, he's shopping one because his rangefinder broke, and yeah, Lutis came out with a new speaker. Yeah. That uh, it looks pretty legit, dude. It has like yardages. It has everything touch screen. It's yeah. it looks nice, dude. Hmm. So I, I haven't seen but that. But I'm yet. happy with mine, so I'm good. I have the Garmin watch and I just love it. Like I mean it's it feels like it's right on point. You know, it really pops out the the center of the green, which is a style that I play. I try to hit to the middle of the greens and not trying to attack pins. And so I, I, I think it works really well for me. Yeah, but see you guys you guys are like I wear my wedding rings. I yeah. wear my watch. Yeah. You know, you guys play with that on. Like I I never wear a wedding ring. Yeah. I hardly wear a watch. Like, so for me to put on a Garmin watch, I almost bought one, but then I was like, dude, I don't even wear a watch. Yeah. Why would I do it playing golf? I wear one every you know, day. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Nah, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's why I went away from the Garmin watch and I ended up buying the, the Bushnell speaker. Sure. Sure. You know, the wingman. Have you, uh, have you had any sort of breakthrough moments lately? Um, I, I think you, you and I were kind of maybe talking about one that might've happened here when you were playing over at a uh, Upland country club. Yeah. Dude, I, uh. I hit an 89 yeah. playing with my cousin and a buddy that I grew up with and it was fun, dude. So, yeah. but the thing with that was, uh, on the iron, my iron play, I was hitting everything really good, really plush. Yeah. And all I was doing was slowing my tempo, you know, coming back and I was making sure I wasn't coming back and wrapping more of maybe a half back and then coming through. But when I came through, I was actually swinging. Yeah, you know, giving it, giving it some, uh, trying to be quick coming through, and yeah, I was hitting the ball good. Yeah, and then on the driver, um, the driver, I, I took the same approach, and I was trying not to bat wrap it, and then I didn't even try, felt like I was swinging hard coming through. Yeah, it was just a nice fluid slow back, slow forward, and I was I was hitting a lot of fairways. Sure, sure. And and then that that helps, and then. When I chip now, the past two times I've gone out, my chipping game has improved. And uh, the only thing I'm doing 
is either I'm setting it up on the back foot or I'm setting it up on my front foot. Yeah. But everything is a putter swing. Yeah. Good. Good. You know, yeah. I'm using it like a putter. Yeah. That, and that's a, that's a good technique there that you should be using. And, uh, if you're, if you're doing that, you, you know, you're just putting it on the back, you're putting it on the front to give you, you know, a little bit different loft angle that, you know, mm-hmm. for hitting the ball a little bit different, you know, higher or lower, a little bit more spin, a little bit less spin, a little bit more rollout, a little less rollout. So you start practicing right. on those things, man. And, uh, you can get really dangerous around the greens, which is a good thing to be, you know, if you can put it up there uh, nice and tight and be able to make a short putt, you take uh three out of the, out of the ball game, three putt out of the, out of the game there and turn it into two putts just because you've got your wedges down and your, uh, you know, your green side spins down and uh, feeling comfortable with that. You can go a long way with that. Yeah. Good luck with the three putts though. <laughs> <laughs> What what you were talking about was swing tempo. Did you feel it enough that you can take it forward with you as you continue to get better? I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the plan, dude. You know, mm-hmm. I just, uh, I don't practice. Yeah. You know, I don't go out on the range. I don't take lessons. I'm not paying money to go out there and get better. Yeah. You know, what I do do is I play once, twice a month, and I'll go out and i'll implement something maybe i won't drink today or maybe maybe i don't try to have have that you know that uh what is it what do you call that the the shot the the hero shots the hero shot yeah (laughs) you know yeah instead of me at 230 yards out break out my three wood you know and just try to smash it and see if i get on the green and you know maybe i'll just hit my seven and go up 150 and then exactly you know, I've been trying to do that a bit, you know, and people are looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? Because they yeah. already know I'm the hero guy, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go you, out and try to smash it. You know what ends up happening, though? If you're hitting your seven iron like 150, 155 or something and you pull it out in that situation with confidence and you flush yeah. it, you're probably going to hit that thing like closer to like 180 because you're confident in the shot that you're taking and you're going to see probably a good 20, 25 yard improvement out of a nice, easy, clean lie hitting that shot versus I'm going to pull four iron or I'm going to pull, you know, three wood and try to smash one up there. Exactly. And then chunk one. And then you're frustrated. You know, I just, I just, this just happened. I played golf with uh man bun, Jacob Ray. And, uh, yeah. and so we were on a, we were, um, over here at my home course at Yukaipa and we were on a par five and he actually hit a really good shot and he started to pull out one of his clubs. And I'm like, Hey man, why, why are you doing that? He's like, well, what do you think? What do you think I should think? What do you think I should do? I said, hit seven iron. And so he hit seven iron, knocked it up. Next thing he walks away with a par and he's like, that was much easier. He's like, I would have hit one. He would have <laughs> chunked it. It would have went over here. Now he's trying to chip yeah. versus he hit a seven iron left himself something that was nice and easy for him to hit like an eight iron in, put it up on the green. And I think he two putted and walked away with it with a par. And I mean, it's just approach, right? And that's how you lower your scores is, is with those types of approach. And I know you guys make fun of me because I've really started to focus in on, like you said, not drinking on the course anymore. I'll have some drinks after for sure. But, you know, I really try to, you know, minimize the amount of drinking that I'm having on the course. I focus in on more, you know, course management than I am with hit, hitting the hero shot and I've really seen the improvement, though, going from, you know, roughly a 12 handicap. And then I quickly, once I started doing that, dropped down to a 9, 10 handicap, hung around there for a little bit. And now I'm into the sevens, low sevens. And, you know, I want to get down a little bit further. 
And it's really come from just that. A lot of it has come from course management and paying attention to what I'm doing and working on swing tempo. Not going to lie. I miss whiskey drinking Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that guy was a fool. All right. So one, one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you about, you know, you're a, you're a husband, you're a father of three, you're a baseball coach. How are you balancing your commitments at home versus being able to play golf? Trick question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, you know what I do. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm an independent insurance agent. So sure. like right now the market is crappy, mm-hmm. right? Insurance sucks for everybody. So like I'm getting, I'm fielding like two, three, four, five calls a day about why my insurance is going up. So like right now it's super hard for me to just get out and yeah. do something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cause I, I got clients and they're constantly, you know, thinking they're, uh, they're my only client balance that with, you know, home life, coaching life. So to balance that out, I'll send you three a text with my tournament schedule. Sure. Mm-hmm. These these are the days I we that Chase plays. These yeah. are the days I got a coach. You know, any other weekend other than those, let's go out and do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I'll go with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gotta hope we don't have any plans for that weekend. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, like, uh, because I I do what I do, mm-hmm. you know, I my. My schedule is my schedule. You know, I, I I don't answer to anybody but myself. So sure. just the other day when I got that 89 at Upland, I mm-hmm. played with my cousin and a friend, but it was on a Wednesday, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm able to do that, you know, because um, I don't have a nine-to-fiver yeah. where I have to check in, clock in, talk to whoever, um answer to anybody you know if i if i don't do what i need to do and i don't make the money i need to make then that falls on me dude. yeah it's on you mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you know i'm a hustler so if i if i put in a day of golf it's not gonna hurt me because i hustle all the rest of the days i mean i work saturday sundays at times you know yeah and also when you're on the golf course if we play with somebody new believe me you're talking to that person <laughs> you're trying to get that card yeah. out and you know at least get that get conversation myself, dude. yeah man you have to right. though i mean that's that's a part of that hustle that you're on yeah. so what 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 about right now um when you do get out there and play what's kind of the home course for you right now i mean the closest course to me right now would be sierra lakes okay fontana north fontana mm-hmm and that would probably be considered my home course. And it has a driving range, so that just bonus, right? Yeah. Because some of these courses that we play in our my area, they're just, they don't have them. I mean, Laverne does at Marshall Canyon, but it's a little bit uh, farther west. San Dimas doesn't have one. Sure. Uh, Mount Meadows has one in Pomona. Uh, Upland doesn't have one. But the, the problem with that is I, some of my guys I play with, they're on the bit of the frugal side and yeah, yeah. you know, Upland, Upland is pretty inexpensive to go play still. Sure. You know, a round of 18 for less around 50 bucks, 48 bucks, depending on where, what time you're playing. Marshall's even cheaper. I think Marshall's like 38 bucks if you, if you can find the right time to go. But yeah. Um, yeah, personally, dude, if I had a choice myself, I'd spend the extra money and go play Sierra Lakes. Sure, sure. And it's, a, uh, you know, those other courses that you're talking about, you know, it is it, it is really cost effective, especially for Southern California to be able to play somewhere for 40 bucks is, man, that's a mm-hmm. that's a hell of a deal. Um, 
you know, usually a deal is anywhere from 80 or $90 and above, but you know, to be able to play out some of these other courses for 40 bucks is, is a heck of a deal. Right. I mean, even, even to play like goose Creek at a mm-hmm. hundred bucks. Yeah. That's a deal too. Yeah. It feels like I it's think. a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's a beautiful yeah. course. What is your favorite course to play on right now? Or where, where has been your favorite course to play? Definitely not the one in San Diego with Ernesto. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf, yeah. whatever the hell that was, uh, that was, that was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, like, um, I don't play it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has a sentimental um, place in my golf game for me. And if you play Stonehouse okay. for nine holes in mm-hmm. Temecula, mm-hmm. Temecula Creek Inn, I love that course, dude. Yeah. I just, I like, I like playing Stonehouse for mm-hmm. the front nine. It's very hilly. It's up and down. And then they have that one tee box where you're on an elevated tee box and you hit your driver and that thing just soars and you yeah. just see it in the background of the mountains and then yeah. it drops downhill and and it just looks pretty right yeah. and then yeah. you i don't necessarily like creek because all that is is back and forth back and forth back and forth mm-hmm. but oaks oaks is another nice course they have there so if you can get stonehouse and oaks that it's an awesome day of golf sure. in my book Sure. You know, and then you they have the rooms there. You can stay there and you can you can play it, mix and match the the three nines and you know, play two days there. And and then that's that's kind of the that's kind of the attractiveness for me. Yeah. You know, I don't have to go nowhere, I can stay there, I could play two days and I can I can bounce. And that's sure. where we used to play our tournament with my dad. So yeah. that's kinda of why I like it there. Um I also like Goose Creek a lot for the mm-hmm. for the money, the hundred dollars. There's there's a lot of bank for your buck there at that course too. You know, I'm still yeah. uh, I'm still waiting for you know your boss Jeff to hook me up with Monarch Bay, but <laughs> Monarch know. Beach, Monarch Beach. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually playing Pelican Hill coming up here in next week. Not the not the week oh, yeah. not next week. The week after. And well, then, you're not uh, going to see the $400 course, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it's for work, you know, so uh-huh. I, how, how can I complain? Um, yep. what, what are uh, What is the biggest challenges that you've been facing in golf that you're trying to overcome right now? Man, probably just uh, the time to get out. Yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. that's that's probably the biggest one. It's not even money related, dude. It's just, you know, trying to find some time so I can get out and uh spend some time and and do that uh, the other thing is too is like when i go out i don't want to suck yeah you know and if i ended up end up sucking it's just like it just puts a sh- you know big damper on my day and it's like eh, why did i even come out sure sure i it's uh you know it's really tough because you know you and i are friends and we we've, we've played together quite often and you know, there are some times that you're like right on the verge of being pretty good. Right. And then there are some times, of course, like, uh, like for all of us, we hit some really bad shots, but you know, and you and I've talked about it offline, you know, trying to find that little bit of extra time to just go out there and practice. I mean, even if it's like once Mm -hmm. a week and, you know, finding something to practice on, I mean, I, I see you being able to make that turn and, you know, really turn the corner and, and be consistently in those upper 80s which is a solid round yeah, of golf. For sure. I mean, if I'm in the 80s, I'm a happy dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? We all are. Um because I'm um I'd be competitive with you. I'd be competitive with, you know, a couple other dudes I play golf with. 
and I'd be better than probably like a good portion of my friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and sure. that's, and that's, that's where I'm at, man. You that's know, the I'm goal. Trying be right? better, I'm trying to be better than you. And yeah. Hey, I want happen. it. You play golf five days a week, dude. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish, but yeah, no, but that's the goal right now is to be better than your friends. Like that's kind of the, the you know, that's the basis of this podcast is what is it that we're doing to be better than our buddies? Your personal aspirations, that kind of leads into this part. Your personal aspirations, do you have any goals right now that you've set for yourself for the next six months or to a year in your golf journey? I mean, I, I told you uh, over the phone offline, like, mm-hmm. you know, my goal of the day was hit hit a 92 or better. Sure. My immediate goal is to stop having my blow-up holes. Yeah. You know, because I'll have one or two blow-up holes around, which is like an eight or a nine you know, on a hole, and then that's a, you know, three, four, five, six, over, whatever par it is, yeah. and mm-hmm. it just, it just, those, those uh, blow-up holes, they add up quick, Yeah, you know, so if I can, if I can continuously be a, a steady, like, bogey golfer, and then mm-hmm. mix in some pars, you know, a 92 shouldn't be hard for me to get. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's like the immediate goal, but the ultimate goal is to be consistently in the eighties and I don't care if it's an 89, yeah. as long as I'm in the eighties, I'm, <laughs> I'm a happy dude. No, sure. because there's a difference, dude. There's a difference between a 90 and an 80. And there's sure. a difference between a hundred and a 90. Yes. You know, and, and I don't want any hundred days anymore. And yeah. If I have a ninety day, that's yeah, that's okay, as long as it's in the below ninety five day. Sure. You know, but mm-hmm. if I can get into the eighties, I I feel like I can be, I can have a little more fun. Um, I'm not I'm not pressing as much. I'm not letting you know guys like you and Ernesto and Chris get in my head. Sure. You know, I can dish it out, and I don't have to worry about you guys with your responses because I know it's bullshit, you know? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I've seen your golf game and you're not far away from being consistently there. Uh, You know, it's actually something that I was talking with Gabriel David about on the last podcast. And it's that mental approach to making 90, which will lead to scores lower than 90. But, you know, making 90s only is bogey golf the entire way. And so when you think about mm-hmm. like a par five, and this is what he and I were talking about as well, think about a par five and you're going to make it in six versus trying to make it in three. You, you know, there's a big mental difference between, you know, knowing that, hey, I'm going for six versus I'm going to try to make an eagle in three. So, uh, you know, and even on the par threes, knowing that four is the number and on par fours, five is the number. You start hitting those things next yeah. thing you know. A couple pars mixed in there. You may get, you know, it may end up with a birdie because you're being a little bit more consistent or just knowing, hey, I, I'm relaxed because I have five shots is what my goal is, is to make this hole happen. And next thing you know, you're under 90, right? And But 90, if 90 yeah. is a goal right now to be really consistent, like 92 and under, that's only, that is, would be two double bogeys around and bogey golf the rest of the way. I mean, dude, that's not, it's very yeah. obtainable. And it's it's hard for people. I'll tell to you realize. what's defeating. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's defeating, dude. Is in that eighty nine round, I hit green on every single par three. Sure. Right, off the tee box, I was on the green on all of them. Yet I didn't par any any one of those ones. Mm, okay. So obviously, I three putted every single one of those ones because okay. I bogeyed them all. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sitting here like, man, how am I on the green and I bogey these things? Like, yeah. That's stupid, you know? Yeah. And that that's the frustrating part. You know, I, I'm finally hitting the ball right and, and flush and nice ball flight, hitting greens, and I three-putt. Well, oh, and wow. then that's, that's a different <laughs> mental approach, though, too, is um, you know, lag putting, you know, of course yep. I want to make every single putt that goes up there, but I, I focus more on lag putting than I do on making the putt. You know, I just want to put it, I, I just want to put it close and have it within a foot or two and make that put a lot easier. So that's, that's my approach versus right. like actually trying to make it. If I, I'm going after it, but and if it rolls in, it rolls in, but I'm really focused on just trying to get it within a foot or two. And that's, what's frustrating, dude. You go mm-hmm. up there and you're like, Oh, I just want to get it close. Sure. And then you pull back, you hit through, and you're like, damn, I bitch hit that. <laughs> it's, it's all up in the head, man. It's all up in the head. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, and then and then you hit, you hit your second one, and you fly by. And you're like, yeah. Um, you know, I, I know uh, one, of, one of the things that's, you know, really gone crazy lately has been the clothing or what we like to call the golf drip. Do you have it? I mean, I'm looking at your vice hat right now, and it's pretty sick. You're, you are a big hat guy, but, uh, what else? Is there anything else that you really, that you're like, man, I, I want to, that's what I want when I'm, whenever I'm going out and playing. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, my wife, Vanessa, she, for my birthday, she bought me some, uh, some Jordan golf shoes Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, they're, they're the low top, um, Jordan ones. Yeah. Jordan one lows. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I wanted them. I wanted the black and gray ones, you know, Raider colors. But yeah. I ended up getting the the royal blue, black and whites, and you know, they're nice too. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. you know, I I rock those, you know, at times. But honestly, dude, like I just can't find a shoe that that uh, feels better than the Foot Joys I rock. Sure, sure. You know, I I love the Foot Joys, man. I'll, I'll wear those, <laughs> dude. They're they're so soft and like when you when you're walking it's it's not like you're you're wearing golf shoes you know it's yeah. kind of like you're wearing tennis shoes the other the only drawback with those is if you're playing in wet weather or wet wet grass the the traction is not as good yeah. because um they're a little on the a slippy slidey side okay so if i'm playing in a wet weather like type stuff then that's when i go with the jordan ones okay Right. But yeah, that, that's big. My hats are always big, dude. I I don't Mm -hmm. golf without a hat. Um, the one thing I have switched in my game is I went from a polarized, uh, lens Mm -hmm. to, uh, to just a regular dark lens in my uh, flak jackets, my Oakley's. And that was just based off of my eye doctor, um, his advice you know, saying that you can't read, you're not, you don't really read the greens as well with a polarized lens mm-hmm. and as you do with a dark lens. So yeah. I've tried it and, you know, maybe it hasn't, maybe it hasn't, but you know, my putts have been getting a little bit better the last two rounds, which I've been switching out my lenses. I'm not sure if I've noticed a difference. It might've only been like a round or two. Um, I've, I've been giving that a little shot to, to see if that works or not for me. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it does, dude, you know, yeah. he be, he may be a quack. And just, you know, trying to, you sold me on buying some dark lenses, but you know, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe it does work. Maybe it doesn't, who knows, but I I have noticed my putting has been getting a little bit better. You know, I've been getting a a couple rim jobs, little lippers, you know, Mm -hmm. but 
they're not actually going in. Yeah. But it's getting closer. But that that's pretty much it, dude. Um, I definitely hate wearing a jacket when I play. Yeah. You know, just it's uh for me, it's just restricting, and I just I I don't feel comfortable hitting the ball with a jacket. Yeah. I'd rather wear like um, I think you've seen me wear them, but the uh um uh, the thermal uh thermal t-shirts. Sure. Underneath sure. my polo. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'd rather wear that than anything if it's cold, but. My my favorite uh, art is a is a crew neck sweater sweatshirt. I love wearing those when I'm out playing. What what is your bucket list course that you really want to play at? There's a few, dude. I mean, there's the floating green. I, I, mm-hmm. I'd love to just play that one time. I mean, Tory. Yeah. Would be cool to hit. Mm-hmm. Pebble would be cool to play. Yeah. Baby Pebble, I'll go play that one too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor man's Pebble. Uh, yeah, poor man's Pebble. Yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, I wouldn't mind, like, once we retire, you know, just having a once a year travel, like, yep. go out, find a course in a certain state, let's go play it, take our wives, have an, have a good week or weekend, yeah. whatever. And I don't, I only need to play a course once. I don't need to play it twice, you know, yeah. but it would be something fun to do. Um, I, I, I played, uh, Pamiya in, mm-hmm. uh, Cabo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that course was nice. And the only problem downside with playing something like that. And if you don't bring your sticks, you gotta, you gotta hit loner sticks that you're not accustomed to. Never, never. <laughs> I'll never do it. I will never do it again. My sticks go with me. I played Kivera this year. You know, I shot 91, I think over there. And the wind was blowing 30 miles off the ocean at times. And, but if you're going to war, you better have your weapons to go with you. That's how I feel about it. And so, you know, (laughs) or or you could, or you could get that, uh, you know, that, um, that old saying that your dad probably told you, cause my dad told me a lot, a lot of times, dude. Maybe it's not the arrows; it's the Indian. <laughs> exactly that. That could be that could be <laughs> it. But uh, man, my arrows can fly straighter than other arrows. <laughs> so, well, Matt, it would have been great talking to you as we're wrapping this thing up. Is there uh, anything you want to promote today? Uh, I believe my Instagram is at uh, Vader Two Five. If you would need uh, some insurance services, you know, mm-hmm. you know where to catch me. You know. My email is mvoskisins at gmail.com. And, you know, I'm, I'm here I'm ready to help whenever. All right, brother. Thanks cool. for having me. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. So just kind of following up and closing up, uh, just like Matt, you can find me at Fairway Conversations on Instagram, also at Kelly Lobo 45 But I'd like to thank my friends over at Soda Jerk for sponsoring this episode. So, um, Matt, great talking to you. Uh, I can't wait till we can get out there and swing it again. You know, I, I know we tried to schedule something a week or so ago or two weeks ago. We couldn't, we couldn't link up, but uh, let's make it happen here in the near future. Anytime, my brother. All right, Appreciate brother. You. Talk to you soon.